Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Uh, ouch. That's another uh, sugar-free Red Bull for you. Um, this morning is it's 7.14 a.m. on June 9th, 2022, as I'm recording this. Um, it's early. I'm going to my nephew's they call it promotion it's i think it's a elementary school graduation i don't know why they call it promotion um later today in orange county california and everyone's still asleep i'm i'm the i'm the best one in the house cuz i'm up and at them and everyone's slacking it Everyone in this house is a damn bastard. Um, what I want to talk about up front is, you know, as I've mentioned about 80 billion times, I've, my favorite podcast of all time currently is We'll See You in Hell, hosted by Pat Walsh and Joe DeRosa, or DeRosa. And I discovered it in 2016. I think they started it in 2015. And I became obsessed and have been obsessed for six years. Obsessed to the point where it's disturbing. You know, like I... I list, I've listened it to on loop. Um, and by that I mean episode one to the most recent episode over and over again for the past six years. And some might call that the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, thinking maybe this time I won't enjoy it that much. Or maybe this time I'll pick up something I haven't before. Or why is this the only podcast you listen to for the past six years when there are 400 trillion podcasts on the planet? But uh, I don't know. I just I like the boys. I love the boys. They're comforting. They're funny, and that's that's how it do. And you know, there there have been points where I'm like, I have to break away from this. I have to stop. And I listened to I listened to the Ghost Town podcast, uh, hosted by Jason Horton and Rebecca Lieb. I think they are very funny, and I've gone through their catalog. A few times before. But I like their older episodes a lot more than their current ones. That kind of applies to We'll See You in Hell as well. But you know what? They had to they had to do Zoom because they live on different coasts. We'll see you in hell. Um and they're they're adapting to the world at large, and I get that. But I love those first commentary episodes by We'll See You in Hell. Anyway. Um, before We'll See You in Hell, I, I really loved Smodcast with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. I didn't get obsessed to the point I am with We'll See You in Hell, because We'll See You in Hell, I have full-on, like, Excel sheets with, like, here's what they talked about at the beginning, here's what they talked about in their movie corner, um, all this stuff, 
But prior to We'll See You in Hell, I listened to Smodcast a lot. Some of my favorite episodes are the Harry Potter, Harry Scotter episodes. They're hilarious, but again, I listened to those so many times to the point of ridiculosity. You know, it was to the point where I would listen to We'll See You in Hell and then I would try to crack open an old Harry Scotter episode and I'd be like, no, I've listened to this a thousand times. I don't want to listen to this right now. And then I'll go back to We'll See You in Hell. But can I tell you, I went back and put on a Harry Scott episode, and I really enjoyed it. I really did. And if you Google Smodcast archives, you can very easily find, you know, someone posted all their old episodes, because I think they, they migrated to Stitcher or Stitcher Premium or something. So you can't it's not readily available, quote-unquote, the old episodes, but someone has an archive of it online. So I downloaded the first 10 episodes, and I really like it. I I, I found, like, I found my old love again, like an ex-girlfriend who um, put up a restraining order against me. I found her again. That isn't true. I just wanted to make that clear. I think I come off as creepy in this uh, podcast often. I have to clarify that I'm joking. I've never had a restraining order put put up against me that I know of. Um, And I've been really enjoying it. I I will say I, I would never condone violence, you know. You know, uh, this country of America, is America a country? U.S. Um, has gone through many mass shootings, school shootings. Um, we don't have to get into it, but I, I would never condone violence. Never. Never. But I think the person who produced these early Smodcast episodes should be shot. Um, Maybe not fatally. Maybe like in the leg or something. Whoever decided to put music in the background of these early Smodcast episodes is dumb. It's... I'm, I'm assuming that... This was right around the time of the podcast boom, um, right around where it got real popular because they were doing some weird stuff, like every episode at the beginning has a different musical intro, which I'm sure they didn't have the rights to or didn't even request the rights to. They just inserted it because it was, quote unquote, the wild, wild west of podcasting at that time. And there's music in the background while Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher are are speaking. Not only that, but a lot of times there's music with lyrics. There's musicals in the background. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not why that's not why we're here. Uh, We're here to hear Scott and Kevin speak. Um. 
and the music applies to what they're talking about. So um, I'm blanking on an example, but just to give an example, if they started talking about Harry Potter, the person producing the episode would put in some Harry Potter music in the background. And it's cutesy for about half a second. And then I'm like, get that music off of this track. At one point, they start talking about dolphins, and he or she or they insert dolphin sound effects while they're speaking. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm obviously joking. I don't want the person to be shot. But this had to be around the time where podcasts were new, Um because they thought this was a good idea, and it was a very bad idea. I'm sure they still have the raw audio of the of the two of them speaking. They should put that out, but I'm sure they won't because they want money for it. But other than that, I I'm surprised that I'm enjoying it this much. I think there's a void in me that only a few select things on this planet are able to fill. We'll see you in hell is one of them and Smodcast is one of them. But eventually I did get sick, not sick of Smodcast. It just I kind of outgrew them. But I'm I'm happy to say that I'm enjoying their old catalog again. I'm a, I'm at a point where I can you know, it's like that thing that Joe DeRosa said about um, eastbound and down. They refuse to allow this man to evolve. And that's how I feel about me. You know, there's 400 trillion podcasts on the planet. And I am listening to two, 2007 episodes of Smodcast. Like that's, I refuse to listen to anything new or, or novel. Uh, I'm listening to Smodcast. You know what's interesting? It's it's a it acts as a time capsule, an interesting time capsule of what was going on in 2007. And you know, Scott and Pat, oh, Scott and Kevin, a mix I'm crossing them over, I'm crossing the streams. Um they were they were talking about someone contacted them early on and said, "Hey, you should have guests on the show." And Kevin was like, I don't really want to have guests on the show. This is more for me and Scott. We want to chat. We want to catch up. And it's just for us two. And then they proceed to talk 40 minutes about which guests they could bring on if they could, if they wanted to. And they mention Alan Rickman, which is, you know, kind of a bummer to hear because he was still alive during that time. And, you know, at this time, Kevin was like, they're both like 35 or 36 around that age. And they're both past 50 at this point. Um, But they talk about Alan Rickman and they'd be like, oh, he'd be a great, he'd be a great guest to bring on. Like, he's very learned. He's... He's very, he's talkative, but he's very measured in how he speaks. And then Kevin Smith says, you know who we should bring on? (laughs) Harvey Weinstein. 
which I thought was it's it's hilarious because you know I don't I don't have to explain it. I tried to explain this to my wife and she didn't understand the situation because she's never heard of her Harvey Weinstein. She, and I'm proud of her for that. Um, I'm proud that she's never asked me who the car who the Kardashians are. Um, but she she doesn't know who Harvey Weinstein is, and I'm I'm trying to explain to her. He's you know a rapist and a sexual assaultist and a terrible person, and it's funny to hear in a 2007 recording that they want to bring Harvey Weinstein on, and then in 2022 he's a you know he's a rapist. Well, I guess he could have been a rapist in 2007, but it wasn't out yet. And then my wife didn't get it. She's like, I don't get it. It's not funny. I'm like, and then I try to explain to her because she, she has heard of Amber Heard and Johnny Depp because of all the news. And then I'd be like, it would be like hearing a, a recording in 2007 of someone saying, oh, I, I saw Johnny Depp the other day with his girlfriend, Amber Heard. They were so sweet together. And she understood that reference and she laughed. I'm like, you know what, wife? You don't know shit about life. But anyway, um, I've been really un- enjoying Smodcast a lot. I, you know, what's interesting is I think Kevin Smith is arrogant. And I don't mean that, I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I just mean when you have someone talking that much about himself and his past and he has these episodes called Emo Kev where he he listens to old recordings of himself when he was a kid and I saw online people love those episodes but to me it just seems like you know smelling your own shit a little too much it's like really meta But in a recent episode, he just mentioned, like, you know, I despise myself as much as the next guy. I so he he does have a self-deprecating element about himself. I think that. I don't know. Over time, I got sick of him. And whenever he got brought up, I would tell people. I have a like hate relationship with Kevin Smith. Because I liked his old Smodcast for a long time, but now whenever I hear him or see him or I see red. But I think that's something that that's that's my own issue. I feel like that has little to do with Kevin Smith. Because I'm again I'm listening now and I'm I'm like really enjoying it. Um Scott Mosier the the sound of the way he speaks i'll be honest sometimes like on the surface level he sounds like an idiot a little bit i don't i don't mean to be mean just the it's kind of like me the droning monotoneness of his voice but that's very surface level when you get down to it he's very smart both kevin and scott are very smart scott mosher mosher Scott Mosier is very learned, very, he's very well read, he reads a lot, and sometimes I think like, oh, he produced a lot of movies, but what does a producer actually do? And then sometimes he breaks down like, 
he breaks down budgets and everything you need and everything that goes into making a movie and he's he's very smart he's very he's very he's it's clear that he's he knows what he's doing he's very good at what he does but um kevin smith dominates the podcast dominates conversation and again that again that's not a slight that's just an observation um but i i like their chemistry together i think they're very funny and the stories are interesting like um kevin smith will talk about old stories about him and <laughs> jason muse when they were very young and jason muse was trying to score weed and then he ended up getting mugged just interesting stories and they've they've um they've led very interesting lives they have good stories they're funny i recommend smartcast um you know their their new episodes they kind of went in different directions not really i don't i don't think anything personal i think kevin smith's doing his thing scott mosher's doing his thing scott mosher co-directed the grinch the animated movie which i thought was pretty good and you know so he's going off in his own direction um and scott mosher's directing something called mebo and me i think and you know they just they're cool cats as i like to say and i hope they're doing well um i have a feeling i'm going to get sick of it um hopefully not too soon you know you listen to newer episodes of smartcast and then kevin smith you you hear the intro and then kevin smith goes welcome to smartcast i'm kevin smith okay and as soon as you hear the okay you know that scott Mosher isn't there and then i'm usually out at that point um uh that's the thing like will uh i almost said will smith Jesus Christ. Um, I meant to say, we'll see you in hell. Um, I like the chemistry between the two of them. And like Kevin Smith episodes where it's just him talking. I don't really want to listen to. Or when it's him and some guest, I don't really want to listen to. I want to listen to Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier together. And ironically, my podcast is a solo podcast because I have no one to talk to. I have no friends. Um, I tell my wife, hey, you want to do a podcast with me? And she's like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to have anything to say. I'm like, bitch, sit your ass down behind the mic I guess that was kind of rude I referred to my wife as bitch um, let's move on um, anyway smartcast I I recommend it it's good it's good stuff um, uh, we'll see how far it, I, I can go with it before I tire of it that's the thing like I, I love something so much, I kind of smother it with love to the point where eventually I start to hear things that I get annoyed from. And then there's a, like a, a self-hatred, almost like I'm looking for things to be annoyed by, 
looking th- for things to not like. I don't know. Hopefully, I can ride this high for a while. Um, I'm I'm just listening to old 2007 episodes of an old podcast. Um, if you have any good recommendations for podcasts, uh, let me know. I know a while back people were recommending Doughboys. I tried a few episodes. It it didn't hook me. Um, there was one. There was one episode where they started talking about the Koopa siblings of Super Mario World. And I found that entertaining. And um, there was like a bonus episode where they talked about The Force Awakens. And I really liked that episode. I think because they were... One of them was kind of hating on the movie. And I found that refreshing let me list the episodes that I like, that I am a fan of. Um, obviously, we'll see you in hell. Ghost Town podcast. There's a podcast called Ghosting Around, which is considered oh, it's defunct, basically. Um, hosted by John, uh, I forget their name, but Kathleen DeRose and John. God damn it, I hate myself. Um I got to look this up. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to move on without knowing his name. Ghosting around podcast. Um Kathleen Rose and John Kaysen. He only said his name at the beginning of every episode. I don't know why I forgot it. Um they're very funny. They, you know, they they stopped the podcast a while ago. I think it was too time-consuming. But that's an example of a podcast where I believe John Kaysen really took the time and effort to insert music and sound effects appropriate because they'd tell ghost stories. And it was very good, very well done as opposed to Smodcast, where they just throw up any musical track. It's constant music in those early episodes. It's it's bad. But Ghosting Around is good. I I am a fan of Two Girls, One Ghost. Um, I don't listen consistently. And shout out to them, because they, start, they started putting up YouTube videos. So they started putting, um, pressing... S- record on the video cameras as well and they started a youtube channel and they're already at almost two and a half two and a half thousand does that make sense they're at two two thousand point four four no that's not right either two point four four k youtube subscribers and i've been trying youtube for years and i'm at 391 I hate myself. Um, I I enjoy Sword and Scale. I know some people don't like the guy, but I gotta be honest. I don't care. I'm I'm a selfish bastard. Just give me the content. It's a really well done podcast. Um, regardless of the man, I listen to that in small doses. I, I can't listen to that casually. Like, I have to listen to the episode 
to each episode all the way through in one sitting. Otherwise, I lose details. I lose the story. But that's one I enjoy. And sometimes I've been burnt by that episode because I'll listen to an hour full episode and I'll get to the end. And I'm like, that was boring as shit. And when that happens, I won't listen to that podcast for like months. I'm like, no, you burned me with a very boring story with um, people that I I don't I didn't care about. I wasn't invested in. Um, that doesn't happen all the time, but it's an entertaining podcast. Um, it is. That's that's all I can think of. You know, I've had acquaintances recommend uh we might be drunk i haven't i haven't given it a fair shake yet i was recommended come town because i like dark humor um i listened to the clip on nanette and you know they seem to be funny but i i haven't given them a fair shake either i i i feel like i should move on Uh, Briefly, I want to speak about, because on my TV, sometimes I just turn on the TV and I put it on mute, just because it's comforting to have the TV on. I feel like that's uh, not a good habit, but whatever. So I turn it on, I have a Samsung TV, and it turns on the Samsung whatever. And right now it's turned to Shout Factory TV. And yesterday, for whatever reason, the Weird Al show was playing all day. And I didn't even know that there was a thing called the Weird Al show. I'm familiar with Weird Al. Um, You know, Pat and Joe of We'll See You in Hell. They always talk about Weird Al, um, about UHF and how they were obsessed with him as a kid. I don't have that nostalgia. I I am I am aware about his parodies. Like I'm fat and eat it. Is that the same song? Um my throat just made a weird noise. Um I remember that um my my American pie parody which I thought was funny. But I don't have the nostalgia for him. I I feel like... Well, let me just talk about the show. So I had the show on mute on the TV. And every time I looked at the TV, I, I was cracking up. <laughs> um, first of all, he was about to say something. And he had something in his mouth. So he takes out a ball of fur out of his mouth and and then he puts the ball of fur out of frame and then he picks up a hamster as if to say and then he goes Harvey the wonder hamster what were you doing in there and like that made me laugh I'm like that's weird and random and then but I'm I'm playing I'm I'm playing on my switch so I would only look at the at the TV intermittently and then I would look up and Weird Al is struggling to move a table like with both arms and he can't do it. And then all of a sudden this girl comes over and she moves it with 
with one arm and watching it on mute and out of context it's just it made me crack up and then i look up again a few minutes later and taj maori the the star of smart guy and the brother of sister sister tia maori and tamara maori <laughs> he's on there for two seconds and he has a dinosaur foot <laughs> i'm like what the heck is this show so I, I play switch again i look up again and roger from sister sister is singing with his group <laughs> i'm like what the heck is this show um it made me want to buy the box set apparently it was only one season and apparently it's a kids show so for for weird al to have a kids show that's making me laugh on mute was impressive to me um if I can find a box set of that, I, w- I would love it. But, Or maybe it just hit me in a certain way at that point. But check out the Weird Al show. It made me want to check out his entire catalog of, of work. I own UHF because I wanted to... I was going to gift it to Joe DeRosa if I ever saw him again. Um, I never did. So I have UHF. I should check it out. I started it one day. He was doing like an Indiana Jones parody. Um, but anyway, um, I did want to mention, I have so many thoughts running through my head. I want to briefly, Kevin Smith, you know, I talked about, I think he's kind of arrogant because he talks so much, but that's exactly what I'm doing now. You know, part of the reason why I started a podcast is because I feel like God, for an hour and a half at a time, where no one will fucking interrupt me, and I can speak my mind, and I can be misogynist and racist and hateful. Let's move on. Um, what do, what do I got on the docket? What does docket mean? Newsbeat. I went to movieweb.com again, and I just clicked on a bunch of tabs. One, two, three, four, five. I clicked on like 10 or 12 tabs that I thought were interesting. I'm going to run through. I'm going to try to be quick about it, but knowing me, this will probably pass me over the two-hour mark before I get to the other segments. I clicked on the best nature docuseries about animals ranked. There's a picture of the crocodile, crocodile hunter. Rest in peace. Um, I'm I'm just gonna go quickly through the list. Eight, number eight, Africa. Um, I'm unfamiliar with that, but I would love to check that out. Number seven, prehistoric planet. Um, number six, our planet. Number five, the blue planet. Number four, life. Number three, planet Earth two. Number two, the crocodile hunter. Number one, planet Earth. Um, I wish I had more stuff to talk about that. Next article. Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute trailer honors a comedy legend on Netflix. Um, I I will watch that. That's interesting to me. 
I will talk a little bit more about Bob Saget in the movie Beat. Um, Becky 2 announced with Lulu Wilson thriller sequel adds Stifler. Becky 2, The Wrath of Becky. Um, Do you need to say Becky twice in the title? Becky 2, The Wrath of Becky? That seems redundant. Um, I haven't seen Becky 1, but I heard them talking about it on We'll See You in Hell. Because the first one starred Kevin James as a Nazi. Every major Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies ranked. Number 6, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. I believe that's when they went back into feudal Japan samurai time. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. I believe that was the Michael Bay. I don't know if he direct or produced by Bay. Number four, Teenage Mutant TMNT Out of the Shadows. Number three, TMNT 2, Secret of the Ooze. Number two, TMNT 2007, The Animated Number one, TMNT, 1990, The Orage. I recently bought a box set of the TMNT movies, and it has remained unopened. Most anticipated Korean films still to come in 2022. Number eight, Soul Vibe. I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of any of these, but we'll go through the list. Number seven, The Witch Part Two, The Other One. That's that's a weird title. That's like, isn't the Lego Movie Two the second? Isn't it called the second one? I don't think The Witch Part Two, The Other One, is a comedy. So that's weird. Secret. Number six, Secret. Is that an Oprah Winfrey adaptation? I just bit my tongue a little bit, so I said adaptation. Five. Number five, Hunt. Looks like it stars the guy from Squid Game. Um, number four, Decision to Leave. This was a bad idea because I haven't heard of any of these movies, and the reason is because these are the... The title of this headline was Most Anticipated, because so of course I haven't heard of any of these. Number three, Alienoid. Number two, Wonderland. Number one, Broker. For some reason, the website says movieweb.com slash anime most anticipated 22. So that's wrong. Do people think Korean films and anime are the same thing? That's weird. Um, quickly, I want to say, um, my wife is obsessed with K-dramas and I, I don't watch them with her yet. I watched Squid Game with her because it was kind of a phenomenon, but she, she watched Snowdrop and she would get so into Snowdrop, like so, so into it. And she would just binge it and I wouldn't follow it along with her, but every, Every now and then I would watch it a little bit. 
And then I would ask her so many questions like, who's that? Who's this? What happened here? Why is he this? Why is she that? And sometimes she would just continue watching and not answer me. And I'm like, we live in a marriage. Why, why, won't, why aren't you communicating with me? I asked you who these new characters are in Snowdrop. The Korean drama that's premiering on Disney Plus and you won't answer me. Who's this new character? What episode are you on? Do you even love me anymore? And she will not answer. There was also a, a K-drama about... It was called like Forecasting Love and Weather, which is kind of a, a cheesy title. And it's a cheesy concept because it, it's about this weather station... And all these characters, like the lead character is like an older woman and she hooks up with a younger man. And the the K-dramas, the K-dramas are always very well done, like shot very well. Performances are always very good. Um, and you might not think that hearing or looking or observing the intricacies of a characters at the at a korean weather station wouldn't be interesting but it is they make it interesting they make it intriguing next article i don't even think i said what i'm going to be talking about in this episode this is the uncharted the uncharted episode uh, for the rest of the episode i will be speaking in a british accent seth rogan's ninja turtles oh god it's terrible. Terrible. Do you guys remember um, Jimmy Kimmel's... He used to do a bit on the Kevin and Bean show on K-Rock in Los Angeles. Where he played um, Charles... I think Charles Barkley... Santa Charles. It was called Santa Charles. And he, Jimmy Kimmel was doing an impression of Charles Barkley as Santa Claus. And parents would have their kids call in and be like, hey, tell Santa Charles what you want for Christmas. And these kids would be like, I want a candy cane. And then Jimmy Kimmel as, San, as Charles Barkley as Santa would be like, what do you want a candy cane for, children? You, you're going you're gonna to break your teeth. I let's move on. Seth Rogen's Ninja Turtles movie will be the start of a new franchise. I, I sounded German. Do you guys like Seth Rogen? I don't know. You know, I liked him. I don't know. He he's just, he's another one of those guys. Like he's funny enough, but he's just one another one of those guys who plays the same character in every role ever until the end of time, forever and ever. Amen. You know. And no one cares. Which you know, if I guess if I was him, like I would capitalize it on it too. It's like. 
Oh, I can make millions of dollars for being myself. I guess that I guess that is the dream. I guess I'm just speaking out of jealousy. You know, Chris Pratt making billions of dollars for being himself in every role. That's the dream. You don't have to work. You don't have to try. You just be yourself. That's the goal in life, to be yourself, you know. So Seth Rogen is making a new TMNT movie. That's dumb. All nine Spider-Man movies ranked. Um, let's see how much I disagree with this list. Why is this not numbered? Jesus crike. Um, it's not numbered. The last of the list is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Which is probably accurate, but I will say um, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I really didn't think it was bad. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I think I liked the second one better than the first one, which is, which is probably sacrilegious, but it's true. Spider-Man 3. All right, this list is probably, probably accurate. Spider-Man Homecoming? No, I disagree, barely. This list is not accurate. Fuck you, list. Go home. Are you too good for your home? Spider-Man Homecoming is one of my favorite Marvel movies, so I disagree. I like Spider-Man Homecoming better than Far From Home. Um... Let's keep going. The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I, th I I would put Homecoming probably a better above Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2002. I, that's my number one. So this list is terribly wrong. Spider-Man Far From Home. They inserted so much dumbass comedy in Spider-Man Far From Home, it opens up with a high school TV segment, which I just hated. And I'm I'm kind of big on openings. Like, if you open a movie badly, it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of the movie. Far From Home, I would put low, much lower on the list. Um, you know... Last Jedi opens up with a call waiting gag, which is one of the most one of the worst things in movie history. Also, Force Awakens starts with um, what's his face, um, the dude from Force Awakens, um, the guy from Moon Knight. I don't know his name. Um, I I want to say Chef Lucas, but I don't think his name is Chef Lucas. He's also not a chef. Um, but he goes he goes up to Darth Adam Driver. And he's like, who's going to speak first? Uh, who's gonna first? Am I going to speak first? You can freeze first? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Who, who's going to talk first here? Uh, fuck off, Chef Lufus. I just said Chef Lufus. Chef Lufa? What the fuck is his name? Uh, Lewin Davis? Uh, 
Oscar Isaac. He of two first names, as Pat Walsh would say. Spider-Man 2 is next on the list. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know why, but that movie didn't work on me. I watched it the first time, didn't love it. I watched it a second time, I didn't love it. I don't know. Spider-Man No Way Home is at the top of the list. I have to rewatch it. I have to rewatch it. Um I think in that movie I was so excited to see the movie that I was willing to forgive anything and everything in that movie. So I have to rewatch it. But for me Sp- the first Spider-Man Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with Tobes Maguire's is my number one. And I would probably put Homecoming short, uh, shortly, shortly after that, short, sh- quickly below that. I don't know the right ad- adverb to put in there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to get through this news beat. Julia Garner cast as Madonna in upcoming biopic. My wife is watching Inventing Anna, and every time I hear it, I hate the accent she's doing. I feel like that's kind of the point of the character, but I don't understand the the accent that she's doing. And I know she's getting a lot of praise for that role, Julia Garner. She's also in Ozark, which I haven't seen. But she's always like, Excuse me, but my name is Anna, and I can't believe you you need to come here with a media pass so we could get a private room, okay? And then the girl from My Girl is like, I'm pregnant, but I gotta do my career, and where's Macaulay? Best Leah Sadu Sadu movies ranked. No Time to Die, number five, haven't seen it. Number four, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. The pick they used, she's showing off her clavage. Number three, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I haven't seen it. Number two, the lobster. I forgot she was in the lobster. I don't think I knew who she was when I watched that because I would remember that. I just remember... Rachel Weiss and Colin Farrell. Number one, Blue is the Warmest Color. I still haven't finished Blue is the Warmest Color, but what I've seen of it, I like it a lot. It's well-directed. It's very well-acted. And there's a lesbian love scene in Blue is the Warmest Color that... Let's move on. Uh, Carl, Carl Urban stars in new trailer for animated Netflix movie, The Sea Beast. I see a fire in her. Same fire I saw in you. Carl Urban will have his hands full. Blah, 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 blah. My high school friend... 
Germsboro told me I should watch The Boys. The first time I, I, I watched season one of The Boys and I couldn't find the remote for my Kindle stick. So I feel like I was forced to binge The Boys season one unintentionally. And it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because I couldn't even go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I guess I have to watch The Boys because of the autoplay. So I haven't seen season two, season three. He said that season three, episode one had stuff in it that he can't believe aired on TV. So I should check that out. Joker's sequel, director Todd Phillips reveals working title. Um, Joker Foley Adieu. Foley Adieu. That makes me think of Fallout Boy. Well, it's just a working title, but... Fallout Boy... Had a... A 2008-2009 album called Foley Adieu. What does that mean? Um, I'm not going to find it. I'm just not going to find it. Um, Let's just make up what it means. It means... Goodbye Foley. Like the sound effects Foley made popular by Jack Foley. I think he invented it. Did Jack Foley invent Foley? Yeah, he was a sound effects artist, Jack Donovan Foley. What am I talking about? Um, let's move past the news beat. I think we should move past the move. Music beat, I will say, I haven't listened to much music lately. I've said before, music doesn't really speak to me. Sometimes I, because I, I have Amazon Music. I paid like fourteen ninety nine for the family plan. And, you know, sometimes I'll hear things that I've never heard before, but it's good. It's great. And I'll be in the car jamming to music I've never heard before. But because I like movie soundtracks, all of a sudden, the Indiana Jones theme song will play, which is a great theme. But when I'm driving the car, sometimes I don't want to listen to that. So in that moment, it makes me kind of hate the Indiana Jones Jones theme song, which is not fair. It's not fair to John Williams. It's not fair to Harrison Ford. Um, it's not fair to the Nazis that Harrison Ford killed in all those Indiana Jones movies. Um, but that's what the al- algorithm served up to me when I tap on Amazon Music, my soundtrack. Let's move on to the gaming beat. What have I been playing? You know, because I watched Street Fighter... I've been playing Street Fighter on the, my Nintendo Switch. Um, I've been playing that first one. I think it's, I think technically it's called like 
Street Fighter 2, the World Championship or something like that. It's like the first one where they you, you can't even play as M. Bison or Balrog or Sagat or Zengif, Zangief yet. I'm really bad at the game. Um, I think also it's it's better it's easier to play with joysticks as opposed to the Joy Cons. But I still enjoy it. I can't beat. Actually, I did finally beat Guile, but I got to like. I don't know. I don't know what the furthest I got. I haven't yet reached M Bison, but it's it's fun. It's a fun game. Um, check that out. I've also restarted Super Mario Odyssey. Um, because I was, I try, I, I try to play Breath of the Wild, but it's like I beat Ganon's. Like I don't know, there's nothing else to do. I could like it's fun to explore. It's, and I again I like I love the game mechanics and it's very fun but it just feels like I've done everything what else am I going to do I'd rather just start it over than just keep on going collecting Koroks or whatever So I started over Super Mario Odyssey and it 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 doesn't really quite suck me in as Breath of the Wild does but I am enjoying it I love that game as well. Again, it's like I will not my, let myself evolve. I am playing games that I have played multiple times before. I I, ref, I refuse to play new games. I refuse to listen to new music. I refuse to listen to new podcasts. It's just back in the good old days. Um, Edmund's sad stuff. Um, I will, I'll, I'll just talk about this. Um, after I watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I, I wanted to check out Sam Raimi's old catalog. So I watched Quick and the Dead, but I also bought this thing called the Evil Dead Groovy Collection. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I, I might have. But I believe it it includes Evil Dead 1 and 2 and the entire um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead series. And it does not include Army of Darkness. I think there's a rights issue. But it comes in this cool little case. A case I don't know where to put. Um, I just have stacks and stacks of like junk in my life. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen Evil Dead 1 and 2 and I didn't love it. You know, I'm not a big horror fan, but I want to watch it again and try to appreciate Sam Raimi more. So that's Edmund's sad stuff. Let's move on to the movie beat at 55 minutes. Movie beat. So this isn't even the main movie. I'm going to talk about what movies I've seen. My wife started playing Can You Keep a Secret on Netflix. And Can You Keep a Secret, watching Can You Keep a Secret has perhaps, maybe, possibly solidified that I think that I might be possibly a fan of 
rom-coms, romantic comedies, because, let me talk about the movie first. Directed by Elise Duran, whose name is not clickable on Wikipedia, Wikipedia. It stars Alexandra Daddario and Tyler Hoechlin, based on the 2003 novel of the same name by Sophie Kinsella, with the screenplay adapted by Peter Hutchings, who is also whose name is also not clickable. Can you keep a secret? <laughs> Uh, my wife is calling. Hello. Hello. I'm recording the podcast. Oops, sorry. No. Can I briefly talk about this? I like, I love having pets. You know, I love cats. I love dogs. And I think a lot of people do. I would, you know, I had two coworkers a while, a long time ago. One was the vegan I've talked about before, and one is not vegan. And they were talking about how, like, one, one of them had a new dog. But the dog essentially is in the backyard. I don't know if she's chained but she's just in the backyard. And the other one, the vegan, is like, oh, that's no that's no way for a dog to live. Like, you should bring it in the house. And then the other one's like, no, no way. So I, th- I think there is room for argument there. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Um, I think there's different levels of taking care of a pet and... Like, I love my pets, and when there's something wrong, I bring them to the vet. When there's an emergency, I bring them to the emergency vet. But, you know, my dogs, I never walk my dogs. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to train them to do it. My one dog is terrified of the collar, terrified of the leash, and she's she's six years old, so I, I don't know how to fix that. And I know walking the dogs is a important part of owning a dog. But I just don't do it. I, ha- I don't know how to do it. So that's, that's a shortcoming on my part for sure. I'm not placing blame in, in anyone else's hands. But another place where I kind of draw the line is pet medication. Like my dog, she kept... She kept recently licking this area, like, right next to her anus or rectal area. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I take her to the vet, and they're like, she has an anal gland abscess. Um, We're going to sedate her, clean out the wound. You got to put a cone on her and give her this medication for seven days. And I'm like, sure, yeah, okay, whatever. I go home. My wife's a nurse, so I I don't know. She she knows in her heart and in her brain, and she has accepted in her heart and brain that 
when a patient needs medication, they're going to take that medication no matter what. That's that's in her heart. But me, when I try to feed my dog's medication, I'm not joking. I get so frustrated. I'm inches away from becoming a dog abuser. Now, that's a dark joke that I'm not proud of making. But I get so frustrated, I want to hit my dog. I've... I've never hit my dog. I'm I'm speaking facetiously, facetiously. But I, I I can't deny that I get super frustrated to the point where I can't do it. You know, I try to. She has the cone on. I try to position her where. And you know, there's YouTube videos that says, "Here's how you do it," and it's like a professional vet tech or a professional vet veterinarian who is trained their pets to perform for the camera like I can't do it she spits it up it's and I reach a disappointment in myself so so hard that I don't want to speak to anyone I don't want to move my body and my wife comes home and she's like did you give the medicine I'm like no I'm like I can't I and it's, it makes me sad because I'm like, what if I had a kid? It's like, oh, a kid needs a medicine. I'm like, I can't do it. I tried to feed it. Your kid's hungry. Like, I tried to feed him. Uh, my kid died of starvation. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't do it. It's like, how many times are you, can you try before giving up? Um, They just don't want to take the meds. It. It's very sad. It's very it's a very sad feeling when you feel like you failed your pets. But my wife can do it easily. Like she can do it in 2 seconds, but she's a nurse. So I don't know. Um I wish I could I wish I wish someone could teach me how to do it. I guess I should look on YouTube. Um I have looked on YouTube. It doesn't work. My cat squirm, my dog squirm. I let's move on. Can you keep a secret, stars? Dario and Tyler Hoechlin. The basic gist of it is Tyler Hoechlin. Well, at the beginning of the movie, she's on a plane, and I guess she's nervous about flying. So she, I think she she drinks. And she gets drunk and she's scared about the turbulence. So she starts spilling her whole soul, all of her secrets to Tyler Hoechlin, who is a stranger next to her on the plane. And then later she goes home to her boyfriend, who is bare-assed throughout the movie. I was very disappointed because at the beginning of this movie, it says nudity. And that always makes me cheer. Like, yeah, Daddario, nudity. And there's a bare man ass throughout the movie. Um, what was his name? Uh, Connor. This dude's name is not clickable on Wikipedia. David Ebert as Connor Martin. He was hilarious in the movie, so I hope, you know, I hope he continues on his career. But anyway. 
he goes Dario goes to work she works for some sort of manufacturer of products and she finds out that the owner of the company is played by Tyler Hoechlin who knows all of her secrets so that's the impetus of the movie they they get to know each other and you know romance kind of blooms the movie is not good but i i enjoy romantic comedies because they're like brainless you know pat walsh talks about move stuff like um he talks about weird shows like hot or not or are you hot enough where it's about couples who will fuck or not or fuck boy island stuff like that stuff that i have no interest in but i i understand where he's coming from because sometimes you want to watch or listen to or experience something brainless because it's comforting you don't have to think you don't there's no there's it kind of eases can you hear my dogs barking I'm trying to talk through it. I hope you cannot hear them. I hope my dumbass, boring, monotone voice is outshining the barks of my dogs. Um, and so this movie is is bad because, you know, out of the three rom-coms that i've watched in recent times moonshot is number one by far i really enjoyed that movie a perfect pairing is a distant second i would say and can you keep a secret is third but i enjoyed them all um can you keep a secret like rom-coms there's such a formula to them they're all formulaic you know you've all heard of the meet cute or the run cute or whatever like there's montages of them getting together having sexual relations you know cute little moments in their romance where the romance blooms and then i remember turning to my wife going i wonder what the conflict is gonna be and then they reveal the conflict the conflict here is so minor and so mild and Tyler Hoechlin is like, um, I have secrets. And then at the end, there's a misunderstanding where it seems like Daddario is going to reveal his secrets. And he, Tyler Hoechlin's like, you were going to reveal my secrets. I'm out of here. And then she goes to meet him on a plane. And then they make up. And then I'm assuming they join the Mile High Club shortly after that. Um... Let me talk about Tyler Hoechlin briefly for a second, uh, which means for like a half hour. Tyler Hoechlin, I think I saw him first as Superman in Supergirl. Um, I immediately didn't like him just because, you know, someone um, going to act as Superman, I'm already like... I could have been Superman. You think you're Superman? I'm superer than you, bastard. Um, but obviously he's like good looking, I guess. Nice body, I guess. Um, also, for you video game freaks, geeks out there, Tyler Hoechlin played 
the voice of Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the thing that I think is kind of weird is I remember everyone being very, obviously very excited to be a part of that game. And I look on his social media and he didn't even mention it. So it's almost, it almost feels like, uh, look, bros, I'm, I'm the live action Superman. Um, I don't want to talk about being a voice in a stupid video game. I know that's, that's probably not what he's thinking, but that's unfortunately how I took it. And also like I've, I've been off social media for months for the most part. So like I get, you know, maybe he, maybe he doesn't care about social media, which is a good thing. You know, people give people shit for like, they gave Elizabeth Olsen shit. Like, why didn't she post on social media about Black Panther dying? And she's probably not even on social media. So like, I I, I get it. Um, so Tyler Hoechlin in this movie, it, it feels pretty one note. I gotta be honest. It doesn't feel like he's stretching much. It feels like the same way he's played Clark Kent, for example. Not that you need to stretch in a a rom-com, but the Dario is always good. Um, I liked her in this movie. She's a very likable presence. Sunita Mani, who I know mostly from like Instagram videos um, that I saw a long time ago. She's funny, like she dances. Um, Laverne Cox and Kimiko Glenn from Orange is the New Black. They're funny. I liked Kimiko, Kimiko Glenn's recurring joke where she's wearing something ridiculous and she's going I'm going to my grandma's birthday or I'm going to a baby shower like that made me laugh um, every time so can you keep a secret is it feels like very low effort bottom of the barrel dumb rom-com but I think the odd the main audience is not expecting much from these movies. Maybe that's unfair for me to say. And I feel like, you know, Daddario has done a bunch of great stuff. And you think, like, why why would she do something like this movie? Like, for example, she did True Detective in 2014, which I've seen part of, parts of. I didn't watch it in its entirety. But she's done a bunch of stuff. And you think, like, why would she do this kind of dumb rom-com? Or Tyler Hoechlin, who's Superman. So, oh, damn, he was born in Corona, which is not far from where I am right now. Um... Like, why would you be Superman? And then why would you do Can You Keep a Secret? Um, But I think... I don't think every project has to be some big dramatic thing. Like, not every project is meant to gain, garner awards. This... I think this movie will be entertaining for 
an audience that likes dumb romantic comedies with that are low effort that it was it entertaining yes was it comforting to watch yes is it a good movie no absolutely not but you know i think it's exactly what some people want in a rom-com movie um and there was a few laughs in can you keep a secret like the supporting cast like her roommates and stuff um there was also this hot girl um artemis who's kate easton her name's not clickable east either um jesus christ kate easton is an american actress with a very with very beautiful features and a sizzling body she, that's do, do i oh, jesus christ do i sound like that on this podcast i i guess i'm a hypocrite um Oh, wait, is she the girl in all of Daddario's movies or YouTube videos? Oh, I think she is. She's. Uh, let's move on. Um, I watched Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special. I'm at an hour 13. I'm going to talk about that in the next episode because I'm... I got to get to the movie. Um, I, I had a lot to talk about Norm MacDonald, nothing special. So let me just talk about Uncharted. Um, Kate Easton. Uncharted. Directed by Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. Pat Walsh doesn't understand why Zombieland 2 is called Double Tap because he thought it meant the double tap that you do on your phones. I believe it's it refers to the when you shoot, you know, like, don't forget to double tap, bam, bam. I think that's, or maybe it's a double entendre. Um, he also did Venom. Um, Screenplay by Rafe Lee Judkins, um, Art Mackham, and Matt Holloway. Writing, they wrote the script for Iron Man. Um, screenplay by Art Markham and Matt Holloway. Oh, that's surprising. So Art Markham and Matt Holloway wrote, or they contributed to the screenplay of Iron Man, which is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Um, this movie, Uncharted, is based on the video game franchise by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. You know, when I was planning on talking about this movie, I was going to say, I've never played the games before, so I can't speak to that. But... I decided to play the game a little bit just to get a feel of the characters, a feel of the game. So I did play. I don't know how long I played, but I played Uncharted Drake's Fortune, I think, that first one. And, you know, I played until, spoiler alert, in that first game, uh, Sully gets shot and... 
uh, Nathan Drake thinks he's dead. And he meets up with this girl. I think her name is Emma. And he gets separated from her after they jump out of a plane. That's as far as I got. I like the game. You know, I can see that how people can like it. Um, I didn't really feel all that compelled to keep going with the game. Mostly because I'm really bad at shooting. And there's a lot of shooting in that game so far. Uh, Maybe I could just put it on easy, but then then I'd feel like a real wuss, but I kind of got the gist of the dynamic between Sully and Nathan Drake, but in the game, as most people know, Nathan is probably in his late 30s, maybe 40s, and Sully is an old man. So I don't, the biggest question is the casting of Spider-Man as Nathan Drake and Mark, Marky Wahlberg, who I refer to as the Marky Wall Galaxy. Um, I th- I think everyone's first thought is Mark the Marky Wall Galaxy would have probably played a better uh, Nathan Drake, you know, or why not put Nolan North in that role? I don't know if Nolan North is. Um, does a lot of live action work. I know he's a tremendous voice actor, but um, he portrayed Dr. Chris Ramsey on the ABC soap opera Port Charles in 1997. And then he's done a bunch of voice acting since then. He's I'm looking at his picture on Wikipedia. He's a good looking man. Uh, look at those cheekbones. Why am I talking about 51-year-old actor Nolan North's cheekbones? He has nice hair in that picture, too. He married his Port Charles co-star Jill Murray in 1999, and they have two children together. That's sweet. That's real sweet. So he, he's, he has a, he's done a tremendous um, amount of voice acting work, which is great. I love voice actors. Um... I've considered myself uh, an aspiring voice actor since birth, but I don't have the balls to pursue it or practice it or try it or audition, so I just didn't do it. Plus, my voice is that similar to that of Igneous Rock. Um, I have the personality of a cactus, so I, I feel like I don't have the animation. I, I don't have the ability to be animated enough to be a voice actor. What am I talking about? But why didn't Nolan North play the role of Nathan Drake? Or, um, what's his face? Nathan Fillion, who everyone wanted to do, wanted to be Nathan Drake, including Nathan Fillion. So they decided to go a different direction and cast Spider-Man in the role, much to the chagrin of, I think, everyone. Um... But, you know, they decided to go in a different direction, which is fine. And the movie opens up, which it um, it felt like a live-action Care Bears, you know. The two, it's the two 
brothers, um, Spider-Man and his older brother, Sam. And they're like, keep this ring, brother. We're going to be together forever, even if I'm right not next to you. Care Bears, power unite. I've never seen Care Bears. I should have went with Captain Planet or something. But it starts real corny. And, you know, I get it. I get that a lot of these movies based on video games are um, family movies. And I get that. It's just weird because I'm an extremely old man trying to enjoy these quote-unquote family movies based on video games. In this case, in a game that I've barely played. Actually, when I watched this movie, I had never played the game. I played the game after I watched the movie. Also, I want to mention that the only reason why I watched this movie is because someone decided to rent this movie on my Amazon account even after I changed the password. I don't know who. I do give out my password to a few select people. um, But I changed the password and someone still decided to rent this movie. It could be my wife's family in the Philippines. My joke is always like, I I will never get to travel the world, but I'm glad that my Amazon password is able to travel the world. Um, and, you know, my wife makes more money than me, so if her family wants to rent movies, fine. I just wish they would tell me because it's my account. Um... But I changed the password again. But I was like, I don't want to waste this rental. You know, someone rented this movie for $5.99 using my wife's money. So I might as well watch it. So I watched it on my phone during break in between shifts at work. Not the most ideal way to watch an action-adventure epic movie based on a video game. But I watched it on my phone. Um... And so after the opening, it fast forwards to present day where Spider-Man is working as a bartender. And I I will say right up front, I, I didn't like the, you know, there's little montages of Spider-Man working out with shirtless And partly, I think they did that to show that he's an athletic, good-looking man who's capable of all these stunts that he's going to do throughout the movie, like running and parkour and all this shite. But also, it did feel a little bit gratuitous to have Spider-Man shirtless doing push-ups and pull-ups and all this stuff. I will say, I wouldn't have minded if... Sophia Tali or Tati Gabrielle had been working out in the movie shirtless. I mean, you got to have equality. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you know what I'm saying. Um, also, there was a lot of montages of Spider-Man being a bartender. Like throwing around bottles. And I think the point of that was like... Hey, Mom, I'm not 16-year-old neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man anymore. I am 25-year-old. I'm an adult. I can drink. I can rent cars. Um, I think that's 
that was kind of the point of him. Like, I'm not a high schooler anymore. I'm adult. I'm an adult. Which I, I thought was kind of dumb. Like, we don't need 30 minutes of him tossing around a, a bottle of vodka or whatever. Um, I heard that he kept training as a bartender for those scenes. It's like, okay. Okay, Spider-Man. Um, the movie almost lost me early on when the Marky Wall Galaxy was just sitting randomly in the bar. I felt it was a random encounter. Um, I'm kind of big on how characters meet. And if it's not done well, especially early on in the movie, I, it loses me. I'm like, everything that follows doesn't work if the way they meet didn't work. So it felt very random. And then Spider-Man's like, we're closed, get the fuck out. And the Marky Wahlberg's like, sorry, the Marky Wall Galaxy is like, um, stealing, thou shall not steal, here's my card. I thought it was weird. But that was quickly fixed when later on, when they were talking back at Mark Wahlberg's Sully, Sully's mansion or whatever, um, he knew Spider-Man's brother. So I'm like, okay, so he he knew who he was. He has um, ulterior motives with this. So that issue was quickly resolved. Um. I will say I liked the movie overall. Um, there was some laughs in it. You know, my biggest laugh was probably the Scottish guy. He's like, oh, the boy, was, you're going to get an old-fashioned Scottish ass-whooping or welcome. And then um, I almost said Andrew Garfield. Uh, Tom Holland is like, I'm sorry, like that made me really laugh, um, as you can tell from me explaining it in a monotone voice. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg, he's doing the same thing he's been doing in many movies since the beginning of time, with n little to no variant in his performance, but I will say, I feel like it fit this role, and... I don't know. I guess it's unfair for me to not like Chris Pratt and for me to like Mark Wahlberg. Because I, I like Mark Wahlberg. He's a welcome presence and he he does his thing and I like him doing his thing. And I liked him as Sully. And also Tom Holland, I'm not going to say this, this performance was a drastic difference from Spider-Man. It's not really that, but I did feel like it was different enough where he he was able to differentiate this performance from Spider-Man enough. Um, again, it wasn't drastic, but it did feel like a different character. And he was doing some... It felt like he was doing a different accent than Spider-Man which is kind of difficult to say. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. And also, it's even more complicated because I believe both characters are from New York or maybe 
Nathan Drake was from Boston. I don't remember, but his accent was different enough where it felt um, different from Spider-Man in a unique way that I can't really explain. Um, what else? Ant- Antonio Banderas, fine. Um, spoiler alert, he kind of gets offed in the middle. Sophia Ali as Chloe Frazier. Um, I liked her. I liked Tati Gabrielle as the villainous Joe Braddock. Um, I liked Nolan North's um, cameo in there. Again, I don't know why. I wonder if he could. I wonder if he could have played Nathan Drake. I feel like he could have. So overall, I liked. I liked the movie. You know, I wish I was watching it in the theater or on a big big TV rather than my phone, especially when they have old ships being attached to helicopters. Um, a little ridiculous, but it, it kind of worked. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, the movie... Weirdly, it felt small. Um, Like the movie starts off, you know, with the Care Bears opening and then they're in the bar. And then they're at the auction house. And then all of a sudden they're like in the Philippines. I don't know. For some reason, the movie felt small. Like for a, a video game franchise called Uncharted, you would think that it would... It it should have an epic, big, large feel to the movie. But the movie, even though they traveled to di- different locations, it felt oddly like a small movie. Maybe that has to do with COVID. I, I don't know. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it says Uncharted was banned in Vietnam, Vietnam in the Philippines due to the appearance of a treasure map featuring the nine dash line that depicts the South China Sea as being part of China's territory. The 2019 animated film Abominable was previously banned for showing the Chinese dash, nine dash line. In March 2022, Uncharted was banned from distribution in Vietnam for containing illegal images of the nine dash line. What the fuck is the nine dash line? The film was due to hit Vietnamese theaters on March 18th. On April 27th, the movie Philippines banned the release of Uncharted in the country following a request by the Philippine Department of Foreign Affairs to do so, stating that the scenes featuring the Nine Dash Line were contrary to national interest. Um, I don't want to minimalize that, but really, you're going to ban this movie because of a... I guess I did minimalize it by saying that comment in a derogatory tone. Um, Nine dash line. What the? I mean, who the? I've never heard of the nine dash line. Who's going to notice a nine dash line on a map in the movie? To the point where they felt like they had to ban the whole movie in two countries. 
uh, that's kind of crazy to me, but (laughs) oh man, I feel bad now because maybe my wife's family rented this movie because they they were not able to see it (laughs) because it was banned in their country. Oh man, I feel terrible. I got to talk to my wife about that. Um, I I feel very bad. I I got. I'm sorry, whoever rented that movie. Um, I retract my changing of the password. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I'm liter I'm literally teary eyed right now because. whoever rented this movie was in the middle of the movie and then i changed the password and they probably just wanted to watch uncharted and they couldn't um i gotta resolve that before i can move on with my life um this movie was inspired by uncharted 4 a thief's end which i have part of playstation plus and i downloaded it it took like a day and a half to download but I haven't yet played it. Um, I I guess I'm done talking about Uncharted. I like I like the movie. I'm glad I watched it. Like I had no interest in it because I had never played the games. And you know, Uncharted featuring Spider-Man and Mark Wahlberg, um, based on characters who are significantly older. Like I had no interest, but I had fun with it. I liked it. There's a few... I remember at the end of the movie, Spider-Man goes... He's looking at the ship. He He's in the helicopter looking down on the ship. And he goes... Look at that. You can't put a price on that. I was like, oh boy. Like, that's kind of corny. Like, I didn't really need that. And then Mark Wahlberg's like... Uh, yes, you can. It's like eight or nine billion dollars, which was kind of funny, but like little moments like that, I—that's just me quibbling, you know, little qualms here and there. But overall, I, I did like it. I'm glad they. Um, I'm glad I watched it. Future Roxy Simmons of Newsweek noted that the film's ending leaves open a number of avenues for a possible sequel or film series. Fleischer expressed interest in a sequel, citing the car chase from A Thief's End as a set piece he'd like to replicate, but noticed, noted that it was entirely dependent on the financial success of the first film. Following the film's opening weekend, chairman of Sony Pictures, Tom Rothman, related to the Mothman, like a moth to a flame, described Uncharted as a new film franchise for sony let's see budgets um 120 million budget box office 401 million um i don't even know if that's good i'm assuming that's good that's like more than three times its budget um that it made but made back did i just turn into a sheep made back made back in um box office there are some after credit scenes that i didn't really understand but i don't know also it was a little weird that they didn't 
you know, Tom Holland, Nathan Drake is a bartender in the movie. And at one point towards the end, he grabs a guy's like holster. I don't know what you call it, but it it like goes around his neck, almost like it's a jacket, but it, it holds his guns. And he has that in the first Uncharted game. And he's all of a sudden very proficient with shooting guns. And I'm like, shouldn't you... Don't you need training to be good at a gun, to be comfortable with holding a gun? They don't explain that, but maybe he's just an athletic white man who likes holding guns and shooting guns in his main, in his um, downtime that they don't really explain. Um, look at this, Mark Wahlberg. He could have played Nathan Drake, and they almost shot it. This has been in development hell for years. Here's a quote from Mark Wahlberg. I'm obviously in whatever David wants to do, but the idea of it is so off the charts. I think it's David O. Russell, who was in talks to direct the movie long ago. Robert De Niro being my father, Joe Pesci being my uncle. It's not going to be the watered-down version, that's for sure. So that would have been a very different movie. Um, that would have been probably cooler. But what we got was a family-friendly adventure epic movie. Um, and I liked it. I liked it fine. Um, I think that's all I have for Uncharted. Um, Tom Holland was very good in as a child actor in um, The Impossible. Yeah, The Impossible 2012. He was like a zygote. And he was playing a kid um, whose family was affected by the 2004 Indian Ocean Tsunami. Um, check that out if you want to. Mark Wahlberg's best performance. Um, I, I like him. He's funny too. So he, you know, Pat and Joe kind of hate on him a little bit now and then because of stuff he said. Also, he beat an Asian man apparently. But he's funny. He can do comedy. He can do action. He can do drama. He's he's very good. So like him or not, he's he's very good. I'm trying to think of my favorite um, Mark Wahlberg performance, and I'm blanking just because he's done so much. But let's look at his uh, filmography. Um, he was in what's that movie? Um, the Departed, right? Yeah. We own the night with um joker he was good in that i think well joker was kind of the star he played max Payne. i haven't seen that he's funny and like the other guys um i haven't seen daddy's home or any of those well, i don't know what father stew is about but i I'm, i feel like i shouldn't like him because he's like a powerful white man 
but I like him. He's he's a good actor. That's all I got. I'm at one, almost at one hour forty. Um, if you like Final Fantasy VII videos, check out YouTube.com/slash/OddDrummerGaming. If you like drums and video games, check out YouTube.com/slash/DrumJ8. I haven't posted in a while. I don't even know why I plug it. I don't really feel cr- uh, creative. My stomach's hurting real bad. I gotta take a major shit right now. Um, I'm not gonna apologize for that. You know, that's part of life. That's nature. That's natural. Um, don't be afraid to take a shit. Um, although I still, at my old age, have troubles taking shits in public restrooms. Thanks for listening. Say hi to your pets for me. Bye.